This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome back. Our next guest is an award-winning, many times over actress who we all fell in love with. Um, in such hits as, oh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, a girl, I mean, literally me and my daughters, we love that movie so much, and they're all like friends still, and it's just the greatest thing ever. Um, Ugly Betty, I mean, come on! She won every award for that. Oh, and just her hit show, Superstore, also. I mean, everything she touches turns to gold. But it's because she has a hand in it. She's an executive producer and director. Her current series is Hentified, which is now in season two on Netflix. Please welcome the incomparable America Ferreira. How old were you when Selma Hayek discovered you for Ugly Betty? Well, I was, when I did, uh, started Ugly Betty, I was 21, but I actually began my career at 17 with a film called Real Women Have Curves. Of and course, which was very accoladed. It was a beautiful, beautiful film. But I think you started earlier than that in theater, which caused <laughs> some sibling rivalry. Yes, I'm the youngest of six children. All of my siblings were like in band, and when it came around for me to join, you know, a, a, an activity. I didn't want to do band, I wanted to do theater. But my two older sisters were going to the school-wide auditions for Romeo and Juliet that were open to everybody. And they were just going because they wanted to like hang out with cute boys and their friends. Um, and I was in third grade. And so I said, I want to go, I want to go to the auditions. And my sisters were like, no, you can't come. You're too little. And my mom was like, you have to take her. So like, fine. They're like, fine, but you have to sit in the back and you have to shut up. And so, <laughs> so I was like, fine, whatever. And then before they knew it, I literally like just grabbed the script and like was on stage auditioning and then ended up getting a better part than them. So they were very mad at me and they didn't let me go to the rap party, which is still trauma deep down in my bones. How do you deal with that now as adults? I go to all the rap parties <laughs> and, then I, and then I tell them they're not invited. <laughs> When you did, can I ask you about that first audition when the person was asking you to speak in a certain way? It, it really spoke to me, that story. Yeah. Yeah, I started auditioning when I was around like 16 years old. And my very first audition was just a, like a commercial audition. And I remember I came in, I did it. And then, um, and then the casting director asked me to do it again but this time, can you try to sound more Latina? 
And I was like, okay, and I did it exactly the same way because I had no idea what she was talking about. And then I went home and then it took me a moment to realize like, oh, she wanted me to like speak in broken English. And I was so confused because I am a Latina, so this is what a Latina sounds like, you know? And, and I didn't, I, I realized right away at the beginning of my career that I didn't fit into her projection or stereotypes of what Latinas are. And so, you know, I have been deeply, insanely fortunate to have the opportunities I've had to play these beautiful, amazing roles that have transcended any kind of niche stereotype or audience. But my career is a, an anomaly. It is a miracle. And it shouldn't be because there is so much talent out there in our community and it's talent that deserves opportunity. So to... But I think why it does relate to people and, and why it shouldn't be like, oh, well, they're just actresses and what are they complaining about is that the way we are treated is, is an indication of how our entire culture thinks about us as individuals, our ethnicities, our whatever our marginalized communities that we come from are. And it is, it is just like it's the tip of the iceberg because it's so deeply entrenched, those thoughts and those ideas in our culture that they think it's okay to say that, right? And, and so, no, it's not new. I just watched this incredible documentary on, the, on Rita Moreno's career. Yes. It's called Just a Girl Who Decided to Go For It. Oh, my God. I wept and cried watching it. And, and to see what she went through, the role she had to take, what she had to swallow, the sexual assault that she experienced in her career. And people are just like, suck it up. That's, that's the biz. And obviously, we're at a time now where where we are calling those things out and saying it's not acceptable for any of us to have to, to live that way and, and, and stay silent about it. And so, so, yeah, you know, and all of that to say, to get to make a show like Hentified, where our community is being portrayed in complex human ways that, yes, there are difficult issues, but also we have joy and we deserve to have joy and we deserve to have love and laughter and humor. And so what an honor to be this far into my career, getting to create space for those kinds of stories to be told when I just didn't have that growing up. And there's a billboard in Times Square. There's a billboard. Right <laughs> now, do we have a vision of it? Yeah. Yes, we do. like to bring Mary Martin Lashney out here so that we can talk about your amazing show. Let's do it. And we're gonna cut to a quick commercial break and talk about Hentify Don't Go Away. executive producer and director on the new hit show, Hentified, which is finally in its second season, um, which is so exciting. And America, I was wondering if you would do the honors and introduce our next guest. Here we go. Um, when I first saw Carrie audition, I just knew that she would be the perfect person to play the badass artist, Anna Morales, on our show, Hentified. Okay. Please welcome Carrie Martin Lashney. Yay! I am so excited to meet you. Um, and I was just wondering, like, how was it when you first came in, America introduced you, saying that she brought you in to play this character. 
but what was the experience like for you on your side? Um, my gosh, from the start, I honestly didn't, I didn't think I could play Ana Morales because I had been in this industry for a few years with the idea of um, a stereotype that the industry wanted to put on a Latina actress. And when I walked in and I didn't have to put on a, a fake accent or anything like mm -hmm. that, I remember Marvin being like, I was like, I'm sorry, I really can't do an accent, so I'm just gonna give it to you like this. And he was like, you are enough. And those words have stayed with me for the last two years. It just really changed my, my mindset, my perspective. I, it, it, is, it is shocking to me um, how the system can work. Mm -hmm. um, I can only imagine how refreshing it was to be encouraged to be yourself. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad that America provides mm -hmm. those types of environments and shows. That's at the core of it, I think, what is so special about this project. For us, and the whole season two takes place in, you know, Pop being released from detention to, like, the decision, right? Will he get to stay or will he be deported? And the whole season is watching this family live life that yes there's anxiety and fear and the unknown but there's also humor and joy and laughter and a horrible thanksgiving dinner because because life you know happens and yeah. because we're full complex humans we don't just sit around all day and be like who's gonna get deported today you know yeah. like that's maybe a part of the story uh for some of us but it's not the whole story we're full humans and we're like funny and sexy and awful too I am such a romantic at heart, and one of the things that really captivated me about you beautiful women uh, was your love stories with your husbands. And I was just curious if you would tell us both about how you met them and a little bit about it, because I was so swept up in it. <laughs> I've been with my husband 16 and a half years now. And you met, like, making a student film together? He was making, he graduated from the USC film school and was making his first short film. and. Um, we met for uh, a lunch because he, um, you know, he sent me the script and everything. And I was like, oh, this is nice, but I'm tired. I'm probably not going to do this. And on the last page, there was like a press clipping. And I was like, ooh, who's that? And I was like, oh. it couldn't hurt to take a meeting. Oh. Like, it hurts to know people. And then, and, then, and then I forgot about it. And then I showed up and we had a nine hour lunch. I love this. I'm living vicariously through the beautiful romance that is not fantasy or television. It's it reality. It was real, yeah, yeah. Okay, will you tell I me about that? I love that so much. Um, okay, so my husband and I met in the sixth grade. Aww. And we loathed each other so much. He picked on me, I picked on him. And come eighth grade, I don't know, we became really good friends. I think that hatred became um, like. And then... In high school, we started dating um, <laughs> against my father's will. And just fast forward, high school, college, I moved to LA. The long distance thing was not for us. So we didn't talk for about three years in that like distance. We started communicating over like Facebook. And then he started coming to visit LA. And that's one thing led to another. And we were like engaged in like less than a year. I love it. <laughs> um, really quickly, I know this isn't a really quickly question, but I just have to ask you also, you were pregnant in a pandemic. Yeah. How did you handle that? 
It was stressful. I was seven months pregnant when shutdowns began. And it was all, we had to change everything because I was working in LA. The plan was to come back to New York and do everything that I'd already done with my, my son. I knew where I was. I, I'm like, I did this, I got this. And then of course it's like the pandemic hit and we had to switch gears. We had to change doctors, change hospitals, change everything. But to do it without the like friends or family or help that you might normally have, it was very intense. But you know, she's 18 months old now. And like thriving. And just delicious. And she and her brother love each other. And it's, <laughs> it's great. I mean, I feel like every day, my goals are just about finding more joy in my life. Like. We work, I mean, it's like, what did we take away from this pandemic if not that nothing is promised to us, right? I'm gonna make myself cry. <laughs> um, you know, nothing's promised to us. And I think we all need to be more gentle with ourselves, be kinder to ourselves. If you do anything today, like just be a little kinder to yourself and, and find a little window to like experience a little bit more joy every day. That's where I'm at. Thank you for that. You guys, I am so, I've been yeah. so looking forward to this Aww. conversation. And Hentified, which is on Netflix in season two, please be sure to watch it. And thank you so much, you guys, for being here. We'll be right back. Thank you. Thank you. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcast.